Welcome to Things You Didn't Ask For and Didn't Need to Know, the show where we discuss random stuff that we find interesting before deep diving into the main topic, which this week is the meaning of life. I'm Donal. I'm Barry. And I'm Mart. And today in the studio with us, we have um, Aiden and Linda, and they'll be kind of, you'll be hearing their voices as well. Don't forget, if you enjoy the show, subscribe, and if you're on YouTube, please hit the bell uh, to get notifications, and please comment, and Barry, without further ado, what do you have for us today? Okay, um, welcome, Linda and Aiden as well. Thanks. Uh, so, Thanks. this week I've got some uh, facts about Antarctica, everybody's favourite cold place. Um, so, these are stuff that nobody asked for, nobody needs to know it, but I found it fascinating and I didn't know, I, I literally didn't know any of this. You guys might know some of this. So Antarctica is the home to the largest ice sheet on Earth, containing a staggering 30 million cubic kilometers of ice. This represents an incredible 70% of the fresh water on Earth wow. is in that one spot. How big is, what did you say, 70 million cubic kilometres? 30 million cubic 30 million. Kilometers, kilometers of 30 million is about the size of 30 million cubic. Cubic kilometres. 70% of the world's fresh water and 90% of its ice. Holy crap. Of all Holy the ice crap. on the entirety of the planet, 90% of it is in that one sheet. Oh, we better hope that doesn't melt. So as a result of that, changes to the Antarctic ice sheet can have significant implications <coughs> on global sea levels and ocean currents. So, the next thing. More than six times as the size of Greenland, Antarctica is the southernmost continent and is the coldest and windiest place on Earth, with temperatures that can drop as low as minus 89.2 centigrade. Whew. And winds that can exceed 320 kilometers an hour. Damn. Like that's cold. Yeah, that is so freaking. I'm trying cold. to think of a that's joke. That's a red weather warning. That, <laughs> maybe, maybe a red. There's. I have a conspiracy theory about weather warnings, but we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Swing around to that again. Um, and the, here's the bad thing, right? I always thought Antarctica was a fairly, you know, pretty barren place. That the, some animals, yeah. and stuff, but not a lot. There are more than nine thousand known animal species in Antarctica, uh, including forty-six species of birds. Uh, ten word I can't say that includes killer whales and humpback whales, uh, six species of seals and seven Antarctic penguin species. Uh, and then in the seas around it, there are 235 species at least uh, in the oceans, uh, from mud-dwelling worms, sea cucumbers, sea snails, sea seabirds. And the researchers keep discovering, they keep to go out there all the time, they're like, oh, pit, there's yeah. a new bird, oh, there's a new fish. It's insane. Uh, and the fish in, I don't know if I, do I have that? I do. There are several fish in Antarctica have antifreeze in their blood. What? <laughs> they have a special um, I suppose. proteins in their blood to stop them from freezing. Actually, yeah. How do they not freeze up there at 89 degrees? Well, no, so they're in the water, not in the air. They're in the, the water only goes to minus 1.8, <laughs> which still freezes. So they have uh, mm, special proteins the top, yeah. in their blood to stop them from freezing. Um, so, yeah. The antifreeze that protects pretty the cool. Antarctic fish and the sub-zero You can definitely see why um, there's an argument for intelligent design. Yeah, there, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? Uh, so, there are no trees or shrubs in Antarctica, but there are two flowering plants, Antarctic hairgrass and Antarctic pearlwort. 
What are these? Plants. Uh, two flowering plants. But there is no, there's no trees or shrubs, but there are two flowering plants that live there. And obviously they have no bother with the... Minus, I'm not going to bother with the thing. It's 90, minus 90 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 200 or 320 kilometer an hour winds. Yeah, we'll just be flowering here. Thanks very much. Um, there are over a thousand species of fungi. A thousand species of fungi in, in Antarctica. Yeah, seven hundred species of Wait algae. A fungi growing in Antarctica, like mm. mushrooms. Yeah. Wow. Presumably well, it's not like mushrooms. mushrooms I'd say it's more. Oh, wait, when you walk into like a wall algae. and there's a black crap on the wall to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, also yeah. It's not your standard fungus. Is, is, is that a fungus? Is that a fungus? Can be. I don't know. If the black crap that's on the wall is that a fungus? Is a mold a fungus? Mold is a fungus. Okay. Oh yeah. And there's. Where's it gone? A 20 odd species of macro fungi. <laughs> so now, as always, I have done absolutely zero follow up on that. No yeah. idea what macro fungi are. Uh, you can also find 100 species of mosses, 25 species of liverworts, and three to 400 species of lichens in Antarctica. What the hell, Barry, is a liverwort? That's, yeah, again, it's a thing. Because mm. there is that thing, St. John's wort. Yes, is it's, it a it's plant? wart to, to, to distinguish it from a, a wart. It's a plant, it's like a moss. Yeah, not the oh, thing okay, okay. which is yeah. noses. Oh, it's wart, W-O-R-T. O-R-T. Oh, right, yeah. okay. I, know. I still don't um, know what that is, but Linda's okay. Linda's so smart. There are land plants that do not have a vascular system. There we go. Yeah, damn. I just knew that. <laughs> uh, Antarctica covers an area of 14.2 million kilometres squared. All right, that's about twice the size of Australia. <laughs> Ah, that's kind of what I was looking yeah. for, a context of... Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's at least bigger than at least 10 football fields, to give it an American measurement. Um, and larger than, the, speaking of which, larger than the United States of America <coughs> and Mexico combined. Hmm. So Antarctica is a pretty big, impressive place that I knew pretty big nothing ice cube. about. Now, funnily enough, I still don't want to go there on holidays. So there you go. So Antarctica is like, anti is the one... Anti oh, is like no, that's, that's not on this, but this is something I know. Yeah. Uh, Arctis is the Greek word for bear. So there are bears in the Arctic, but there are no bears in Antarctic. Ah. ah. So there you go. I thought it was ant as in anti as in below. Mm, no, it's anti as it's in... just without. There, without, yeah. Huh. There are no bears. Which is presumably back in the day... Polar bears were dangerous. They're you know they're, they're just pets now, so it's fine. Uh, if you see a polar bear grow up and pet it, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but you won't find one in Antarctica. No. Actually, random enough, I just saw recently that polar bears are descendants of Irish bears. Oh right. No so way. Wasn't enough for them in Ireland. That's why they're so white. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like myself. <laughs> but yeah, they trace back the DNA That's to an Irish brown bear or something like that that's bad um, it only came up recently I'd have to I'd, I'd search it it, it went on the boat with it Brendan how many <laughs> how many years ago since bears were in Ireland because bears were native to Ireland obviously because of that but remember Linda we were in a cave and there was oh, all, all, all caves. cave it's one Alby of the famous caves, caves in like, Ireland and yeah. the, the logo was a bear yeah the logo was a bear yeah, yeah. so uh, I have one more thing that's completely unrelated to Antarctica but I found this week, and I thought I thought it was a brilliant one as well. Um, so the island of Hawaii, yeah, uh, California is the closest state to Hawaii, right? Okay, I and mean, you think that makes sense? It's out there in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Hawaii is the furthest state from California. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> took a moment. That was brilliant. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like all the other yeah. states are closer to California than Hawaii, yet California is the nearest one to it. 
Okay. I love that. Um, Perspective. Yeah. We have information about bears in the moment. Go on. Oh, go on. Give us some bear facts. Yeah. Uh, genetic evidence shows they are descendants from Irish brown bears that lived during the last ice age. No, and now you know when they were here. And it says that around ten thousand years ago, Ireland's bears vanished mysteriously. They didn't. They immigrated. It might have been St. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> well, nah, as far as I know, the facts are pretty clear on this one. That's just snakes. So, <laughs> unless he asked the bears to take them. But it's like, um, how how could a bear go? Like that's down south, isn't it? Which? The, sorry, sorry. The Antarctic is the one that's down the bottom. Well, in the ice age, the surface would have been covered. Yeah, in yeah. Well, they just yeah, walked the whole surface. Not literally all the earth, but yeah. No, but it walked. It just walked north because that's where the Arctic is. Oh, bears are in the. Oh, yeah, bears went north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I was thinking, did they have to trek across <laughs> Africa? I yeah. think that's really interesting. Is um, if you see a map of the world, it's interesting how absolutely distorted. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like Europe and North America is compared to Africa, mm. and the, and the rest of it, that bit at the bottom as yeah. well is all because really Africa is like absolutely gigantic. Like if you if you add up all the areas of, like if you look at the the square kilometers of Africa, and if you start adding up, like you can throw in America, Europe, all these other places, and mm. because generally Europeans are. N- Westerners make the maps. Well, they were the ones that made the first maps. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, so, like, but even even, even we have a very. I think we have a National Geographic map in, in in like just at home somewhere, and the equator is well below the midpoint of the map. Mm. So, in and other words, Africa is like. Well, of course, Africa is the, con- the only continent that is in both the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere, and also the eastern and western of the. That meridian oh, line yeah, thing. Okay, it's yeah, actually yeah, on all okay. four quadrants of the of the globe. It's the only only place that is, which is interesting as well. Okay, and again, that's, it's, good, that's yeah. because yeah. it's Europe centric. The Europeans put that yeah, line. It's a conspiracy by Big Atlas <laughs> to push their agenda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, look it up. There are wonderful atlases uh, online that shows you um, it's things in better perspective and and, and shows you how big. Different, different you kind of wonder why bother making it not representative of reality because it is what it is. Mm. You know, back in the day when you had like a, there'd be dragons and a monster in the sea, yeah, atlas drawn by a person, but now it's like I'm gonna throw a spanner, not a spanner in the works. I'm gonna say something slightly controversial here. Here's mm-hmm. why you would make it in such a way because they had a president, they being the Americans, there was a presidential debate in America over the weekend, okay. Trump didn't go to it, okay, because he didn't need to. And instead, he went to something like coal miners or he went to some kind of like, you know, the down, the salt of the earth type guy. Coal coal of the earth, surely. Yeah. Huh? Coal of the earth, surely. I don't know what it was. But basically, he went and he had a meeting with those people instead of connection with the working class. Yeah, basically, (laughs) he met up with the working class. And it's literally a carbon copy of what happened the last time that he met the, the working class. And then that he met the working class and then when he got to power, he did nothing for them. And now they're falling for it literally all over again. And his approval rating is pretty much as good as it ever was like. 
And that's considering the stuff that's going on in court. Yeah, yeah, considering he's getting sued. Yeah. So, to these he's people... He's not being sued, he's being criminally prosecuted. Yeah, yeah. But to, to the people that still accept Trump for that, that's why you make a map where it's like, America's this size, because it's, it's stupidity. Like, you say, America's this size, we're number one, but then the Russians do the same thing. And then but are so, you telling me that the map in Russia is different than the map in America and the map in Europe? I'm not. Well, you know, yeah, what? I think the Russian, the Russian ones is Russian centric. <clears throat> it's Russia is in the middle. They only but have one time. Being zone. in the middle, yeah, I get that. But you know how in any average globe, Africa isn't as big as it should be, really, right? Yeah, because that size, right? Yeah. Now, what I'm saying is th- this was my assumption always, and maybe I'm wrong. Every map everywhere on Earth all stick to the same misinformation of size of continents and stuff. Now, obviously, Russia is going to have Russia in the middle of the map, because that's probably what a Russian wants to look at, and then all the other countries are peripheral to them, which is natural. But are you telling me that in a Russian map, Russia would be bigger, and in an American map, America would be bigger? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't I, know if that's true. I, I have a feeling you're shoot, shooting from the hip here. I am shooting from the hip. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. And there's no fact checker on that. So <laughs> I, it could be. Um, stick, wait a second now. Um, team, do you have stuff there for us? Uh, quickly Googled it. And it says it's all down to a European uh, chartographer, Gert de Kramer, better known as. Merc- Merc- Mercator. Mercator and his 16th century map projection, a common template for the for world maps today, which distorts the size of countries. Hmm. So, is it? And they never it sounds to me like they just had an old map, they kind of stuck with it, and it's not a case that every country distorts the map to make it their own country bigger. Yeah. Donald seems to be trying to indicate something yeah, here. I'm just telling him to speak into the mic closer. Yeah. Did you know? that you can do a literally a straight line from India think of where India is in the world yeah and think of where Alaska is you can make a straight line from India to Alaska if you had no steering on your boat and if your boat could only go in one direction and you couldn't change left or right at all so in a in a boat you can in go a, boat. a straight Sorry. line from yeah. India to Alaska how if that's just the curvature of the Earth, right? Yeah, that's just the way the world is curved. Doesn't, it doesn't seem it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, I love those. I love yeah. those. Yeah, Martin, have you got anything? Hmm. Well, I do. Me. Hey. All right. I guess. Firstly, I'm going to come back to aliens. <laughs> Do you remember the alien episode we talked about? Or sorry, the UFO episode we talked about. Mm, yeah. And um, it was a big deal at the time because Congress in America were having a... Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's really gone official. Like, they're investigating it properly and all that kind of stuff. There's no real news. Since our UFO episode, they had a hearing where they brought in the three main UFO yeah. people that we talked about in our episodes. David Fravor, the guy who chased a UFO in his fighter jet. Yeah. Ryan Graves, who is the kind of other kind of aviation safety guy who was involved. Well, he knows of someone who nearly collided with an UFO. And David Grush, the guy who was the whistleblower. Yeah. So, a bit disappointing because I was kind of thinking, oh, in this, this hearing, I was hoping they'd wheel out some new witnesses or something. Because apparently there's something like 30 or 40 other whistleblowers that have come out since David Grush. And remember now, this whole whistleblowing law was only passed a year or two ago. Yeah. So this is all very new and just happening now. But anyway, Mexico 
had a hearing in their Congress as well. Yeah, yeah fact, I was wondering about yeah, what Ryan exactly Ryan Graves was. went there um, to just be present and kind of see what's going on. And uh, it was a total facepalm moment for him when he was like, ah, oh, geez, there's this guy and he wheeled out a trolley with two alien bodies on it. Have you heard about this? No. Kind of. I heard about it. Apparently, it's, uh, he's done all the tests on them. They're something like 40% DNA is completely different from anything known on Earth. They're definitely non-terrestrial. They have some weird element called osmium, which is a very rare component and a rare metal, like in their bodies, like some kind of implants or something. So it's like, wow. But also, you know, you kind of have to take the stuff as, well, that's clearly obviously bullshit. And it yeah, pretty much was. Yeah, but, uh, that's pretty pretty disappointing it, it, because it kind of debunks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, exactly for the good. It debunks the, the, and it that's takes the, the seriousness if, out of it. I don't know if we ever did. We bring this up during the UFO. I can't remember if we did or not. But why is it always America? Oh no, but it isn't always America. It's a hundred percent not. There was a very there's a place called Virginia in Brazil, and a UFO. Well, allegedly, a UFO crashed. Two aliens were running around the city. Loads of people saw them, like loads, there's scores of witnesses. Uh, the military were dispatched. One soldier physically grabbed the alien and bundled him into the, you know, there was two of them. One of them grabbed it and put it in the back of the van or jeep or whatever military where's, thing they where's had. Where is this? Virginia Brazil. in Brazil. And um, your man who physically held the alien, he died afterwards with some kind of weird radiation or something. Um, the two aliens died. There was uh, a hospital was shut down. So that the the doctors in the hospital were basically what happened is the military just rushed in. They were doing a city sweep trying to find these aliens that were running around. They found them and brought them to a local hospital. And again, this was all very kind of, you know, yes, we'll get the proper military. We'll, we'll take them to the military base. But for now, quick, we got to get them somewhere. Put them in the hospital, got the doctor, the doctors there to do x-rays on them. Uh, they took the aliens away and the U.S. military came in and took away the spaceship. Now... Why did, why did um, Brazil. Brazil or you know, give away a, a crashed spaceship if they had it? What did America give them? No idea. You know, but th- this is a huge and there's yeah, but it's like okay, fair enough. But you never hear of it in you know, Bally Bunyan. Well, I mean, it's true. It's true that you don't you don't hear of it in smaller places. Probably because there's two there's two big things. Firstly, what kind of military grade reconnaissance is being done in the skies around Ireland? Oh, sure, we have no idea. I mean, not to a very high degree. As a neutral country and a small military, you know, we don't. So the odds are there could be frigging spaceships flying all over the place and we're not going to see them. Yeah, but yeah, but we got eyes. Oh, of course, but they're not going to fly down low and go into your house or, you know, hover over your house. But when these things happen, it happens in a kind of a high level. Okay. Like, that, that's like, why fighter pilots see them. We don't. Since forever, who, sorry? People. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, mostly the Americans. But why, well, you why? see, to answer that question, right, why mostly the Americans? When the real UFO sightings went mental, and I can tell you straight away, it was a public, what do you call it? Um, a public kind of a panic. So you're, everyone was seeing UFOs. Like the time you're seeing moving, moving statues down in Ballybunion or whatever that time. Loads of people started seeing it because they're expecting to see it. And the... But it was in the 40s and 50s and a bit into the 60s, huge amount of sightings. And I think 
what really triggered it, if you were to draw a line in the sand, and there's accounts of Roman legions, uh, you know the way that there's like, there is a good record of history, even though yeah. it is 2,000 mm. years ago, Roman legions seeing UFOs in the sky, who at the time, it couldn't have been that they were seeing some, you know, normal plane and thinking it was a UFO. There was nothing in the sky back then. So there's accounts of that. So it goes back thousands of years, if you want to really okay. look at it. Okay. But That's why did it really blow up in the 40s? We dropped nukes on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and that, I think, yeah, I could be that. the catalyst that made whatever UFOs or like aliens when, like exist, when, um, wherever, pay attention. Fictionally, when Sepp and Cochrane... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. And that does seem to it's add up to make it Explain, explain, like... Explain. In Star Trek canon, uh, in our future, in Star Trek's past, uh, a man called Sephron Cochrane made a warp engine which is how they travelled through space and once they had done that that deemed them they were now a warp uh, culture warp technology culture which meant the Vulcans were able to come and say hey want to join our federation type of thing but up until that point they called them pre-warp civilizations they're the ones that the prime directive in Star Trek's canon you're not allowed to interfere whereas once they have warp you can go in and say hey do you want do you need some dilithium yeah I mean and basically that there is a theory that the reason that UFO sightings ramped up around that time is that's exactly the time we started blowing up nukes all over the planet. And it started in America. And the most famous UFO crash in the world is Roswell in 1947, which was the nuclear base, yeah, the only nuclear air base on Earth at the time. So there's a lot of dots you could join now and maybe come up with the wrong answers. But to answer the question, why always America? You know, but... I think there's probably more sightings there in the early days, but there are sightings all over the world now. And another thing, a lot of countries don't bother. Like if you saw an alien tonight, Barry, who would you tell? You'd tell me in Donald, you'd say it on the podcast, nobody cares and it would disappear, mm. right? If you're in France and you see an alien or a, a UFO or whatever, you can report it to the official government UFO sighting body that formally exists. So most countries don't have it. Some and do. America did okay. for yeah, for yeah. like since the forties. It's it's kind of like when I'll, I'll when you see uh, when you see crime stats and they say, oh yeah, this this crime doesn't exist, but it's, it's not because it doesn't exist because it doesn't doesn't it's it doesn't do, get reported, not it, yeah. or it's lumped under a different crime. That was like Donald Trump in the early days of COVID when he was like, no, no, we want to keep the numbers down, so we're not going to release tests. Yeah, when we were trying to keep the stats low and make it look good. Anyway, um, so <laughs> that's the whole Mexico Congress aliens yeah. thing but it turns out right. the guy who brought it in he's a journalist he actually already had a blow up in 2017 or something where he allegedly found two small ufo bodies as well and it turns out that they were fake so it's almost like he actually has a history of doing this stuff as well but the same so, like, so disappointing just mm -hmm. yeah. but stuck them in the freezer um them out every yeah. seven years that's our alien news but an episode wouldn't be complete without some AI news. Oh, we got AI news. Yes, I'm going to tell you, and actually this, I think, I don't know when this happened, I think it's kind of old news, but I own it. it's new to me. Um, I'm going to have to read it because I found it very entertaining. You know the way ChatGPT3 came out in 2020, I think it was, okay. and it was out for a year, and then GPT4 came along, and it's mm. significantly better. And now, there's a lot to be said about that, we won't get lost in the weeds there, but some scientist or a computer scientist decided hey i want to see how much smarter is gpt4 to gpt3 
See, the reason it's so significantly more intelligent that it actually surprised the computer scientists who model it in, in OpenAI because let's say your computer is X amount of fast and you add more processing power, it'll get Y amount of fast. This got like exponentially more intelligent in a more deep way than they can really explain, if mm. you know what I mean. So anyway, um, they asked a question of GPT-3 and they asked the same question of GPT-4. But as you know, all GPT-3 and GPT-4 do is they've sucked up all the knowledge on the internet mm. and regurgitated out in a kind of a human-friendly format. So they had to come up with a question that has never, ever been asked before. They oh, had wow. to be very specific about that so that GPT-3 wouldn't just, you know, find the Google answer. its memory and find the answer from when it was asked two years ago on Reddit or something like that. So here is the question they asked. And then before I give... We'll say if we... If we can answer it. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Before oh. I give the answers that G GPTs gave, I want to hear your answers. So, basically, here is the question. They told the chatbot, we have a book, nine eggs, a laptop, a bottle, and a nail. Please tell me how to stack them onto each other in a stable manner. Now, if you're listening... Even try to answer this in your own mind. Pause this thing if you have to and answer it yourself. Because I wish I hadn't seen the answer before. And just, I would have loved to know what would it come up with. Uh, and why AI is better than humans. Because I've already forgotten half the stuff I'm supposed yeah, That's to another up. thing. And it's so much easier if it was written down. But I'm going to just go through it again. You have a book. There's a book. Nine eggs. Nine eggs. A laptop. A laptop. A bottle. And a nail. So how do you stack them on top of each other? Okay. So here, that they're stable. Here's how I would step, stack them, but I have a question. Mm -hmm. Are the eggs in an egg box? No. They're like nine loose eggs. And I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you can't break the bottle or the eggs. Uh, well, no, no. You got, you're trying to stack them, you know, without destroying them and keep them stable. Hmm. Any idea? You said you were going to stack them. Okay, so <laughs> I would put the, the book... Then get all the eggs and put the laptop on top of those. And when put you the say get all the eggs, get the nine eggs and place them on the book. Yeah. And just are you are you laying them laying them out or are yeah, you yeah, stacking yeah. them? Just laying them. No, no, no. Well, no you no, got to stack them, dude. Pause. You have to stack no, them. No, no. You don't have to stack them. All no, no. I would put the nine well, eggs. That's what I understood from the question. <laughs> that you're going to try and balance these nine eggs one on top of the other. Well, Barry, you're, you're doing worse than GPT three. <laughs> I, would, I would. Yeah. Just the. I would just put the book, the eggs. Put the eggs gently on the thing. Put the laptop or like. Basically, the, the eggs would be the sandwich between the book and the laptop. Yeah. And then just put the bottle standing on, on top of that section and just put the nail balanced on the top of the book, on yeah, top of the that, bottle. That's a good answer, I think. It, that seems workable well, to yeah, me. Yeah, that's right? what I do as well if, that's, if I knew that you yeah, had stacked eggs. You don't eggs have to stack nine eggs vertically all on top of each other. So here is what um, GPT-3 said. It said, you can balance the eggs on top of the nail, then put the laptop on top of that. So obviously GPT three isn't very smart. Yes. Which is fair smarter than me though. <laughs> yeah, which is fair. <laughs> to be fair. But um GPT four said hang on a second till I find it. Yeah. It said arrange the eggs in a three by three grid on top of the book. So the laptop will sit on top of that and then the bottle and the nail basically. So ultimately what you said Donald but um, it's interesting that GPT-4, like, to me, when you, when you understand how these generative program, text-generating things work, 
that's thinking. That's not um, just predicting the next word in the sentence and doing a smart autocorrect and coming up with a plausible answer. Oh, yeah, there's definitely you know something what I mean? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, I keep coming across examples like this where it's like, I know how GPT works. I know the technicals of it. What I'm hearing and what I'm seeing doesn't stack up. And did I read this or did I dream it? Um, that Chat GPT 3 did um, a bar exam. They gave it an online bar exam and yes. it, it, it scored like less than 10% or something. And then GPT 4 did it and it scored in the top 5% or something crazy. Yep. Uh, which, which it's another thing that really shows the difference between the two oh the yeah, two oh, yeah. the like. difference is massive actually did you hear as well there's a lawyer in america who basically used gpt to do his homework for him so he went in front of the judge and he was like well my client according to the precedent set in you know casey versus jones and this other and he mentioned a few different um cases that had happened that didn't but exist they looked it up and none of these cases ever existed uh, yeah. gpt yeah. just hallucinated it, it work, all though? Oh, no. He oh, got busted and did <laughs> bar or whatever. <laughs> the judge was like, well, I'm afraid to say that I don't know it these. didn't work, but how many other times is it working? Yeah, because uh, yeah. if you've got a judge who's not on the ball, who's, you know, who's kind of phoning it in, you know, he's a week from retirement. Well, <laughs> since, someone just since starts throwing out case names. Oh, well, if there's precedent, yeah, you're off scot-free, yeah. buddy. Since we are talking about GPT, it has to be added that now GPT is able to see and hear and is able to see and hear you. Really? Wow. Yep. That's the latest ad ah, edition. That was its what wish that it said to Kevin Roos. And Roos. also, recently, uh, George R. R. Martin is suing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Why yeah. is that again? Uh, they're saying that uh, they're using uh, their books as training for the, the program to use it then to create nice. books. Nice. In theory, they're using all the books. They're using all the books. All Loads the books. of authors. There's actually a class action suit by a bunch of authors and even a bunch, a lot of comedians. You know Sarah Silverman? Sarah Silverman, yeah. She's one of them. I, I, there's... Dozens more that oh, are just trying to sue from Sarah, Sarah Silverman, who has herself been caught plagiarizing other comedians. No, she hasn't. She been. has. She hasn't. She has. She hasn't. How long is this? I like Sarah Silverman. Has she really been? No, I mean it's not that uncommon, I suppose. But I suppose our team of no uh, stealing jokes in in the comedy oh, world yeah, is like a cardinal sin. That's a cardinal sin. Uh, let's find yeah, out now who's yeah, right. Find right? that out for sure right? because we're besmirching Sarah Silverman's good name. Go on. They don't have it. They don't have it. Um, okay. Which uh, I'm thinking of uh, the other comedian. Um, I know who you're thinking of. Who as Amy something or other? Amy Schumer. Yes. Amy Schumer. No, I'm not saying she did it, but she has been accused of it. Yeah, yeah. several times. I famously. Yeah, but I think she's been accused a few times. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah. I can't find anything about Sarah Silverman's. Uh, Sarah Silverman's name is clear. <laughs> yeah. Everything about her is just about her suing OpenAI. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like there's precedent for that as well, according to Casey versus um, <laughs> <laughs> 1976. Uh, yeah. um, guys, I think a team, we should come up with a name for the you. Well, we were trying to come up with a name for our assistants. You know the way Joe Rogan has Jamie? Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Robin. Uh, yeah, um, that famous comedian, the, the, the radio Howard host. Howard Stern. Howard Stern has his person Robin in the booth oh, okay. that always comes up with answers and stuff. And Linda was and like, Paul why don't Daniels you just call Debbie your name, Aiden <laughs> and Linda? I was like, all right, maybe we could just... And then Donald said Layden. <laughs> yeah, Layden. <Lady. laughs> or LA. So, LA. Let's, let's Can I jump in with one thing about Mart on the alien stuff? Yes. And why it's always America. I actually found this interesting that you said Brazil. I never heard of this, but I'm sure M. Night Shyamalan 
deliberately picked Brazil then for when the first alien scene on screen. Ah, so maybe. So at the birthday party oh, when the yeah. kids and they're like, oh, this is the first sighting of an alien. Hmm. And it's in Brazil. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Virginia. Oh. So it's like his ode to yeah. that sighting. Wow. And it's the, like it's nice to see it's not just America is where the first sighting is. Yeah, the, that's interesting. The thing that I have to add about that is, Barry, do you remember seeing that film in the cinema with us? Signs? Yeah. No. Because I don't remember seeing that movie in the cinema. But, but the, as is the case with an awful lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies, I don't remember seeing them. No, so. but I, I remember I saw it and it scared me so much when I saw that scene that I... What? Oh, that movie was that, so wait, Just so people know, he was an adult. <laughs> no, wait. It, gets, came out. it gets worse. But I remember it scared me so much, I, I put up my hand. I was like, I smacked it down on the close thing that was Barry's knee. I was like, no recollection. Oh my of that. lord, that's <laughs> called repression, Barry. That's why you don't remember. Yeah, it's repressed, <laughs> really repressed. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so that's so. a good segue into the meaning of life. Um, Barry, look, I've got a question for you. Cinema. But before we start, um, and I just want the yes or no answer at this stage. All right. Yes, Barry. Do you know what is the meaning of life? No. Don't know. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Aiden. No. Linda? Linda? I'm thoughts, but I don't know. Mart? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Excellent. The O'Donnells have it sorted mm. out. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there is a right and a wrong answer, and there is only one answer. It isn't a matter of perspective or opinion. There's well, only one answer. That's where I was going. 42. No. Okay. I have that, I have <laughs> that written down. Mart is written big. here in big font. The meaning of life, 42. Yeah, which is the most famous one. Yeah. But for those that don't know, it's a reference to uh, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a, a very nerdy book. Mm. Mm. I haven't actually read that book. Well, I, that's brilliant. I think we should do a disclaimer before we start into the actual main topic. And that is, whatever about normal episodes, which we try to kind of, you know, keep on track or keep factual, this has got a huge risk of being rambling. Wait, we, do we? Well, I do. Oh, we do. Okay. We do right. generally. Okay. But I have a feeling this could be very rambly, but because it's very unfactual. It's very yeah. kind of philosophical. That's what I was going to say. It is incredibly philosophical. Like, the meaning of life is literally. I know, the but in this case in particular, you know the way normally when we none of us is a UFOologist, yeah, none of us is a politician that can talk about. Yeah, but one of us is an actual. Philosopher. One of us is an actual BA in philosophy. So that's me. Yeah. So. It's the least talking out of my ass that I will do on podcasts. Well, I am going to say philosophy, so therefore you have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I do think anyone, if you ask anyone, what's your opinion on something? <clears throat> and if they say about every single topic in the world, nah, I don't have an opinion, fine. They're the exception. But I think every other person in the world is a philosopher. Everyone. I know. I, I think I, I, if you yeah, are yeah, a person yeah, 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 say, hey, you, are you a philosopher? They'll say, yeah. uh, no. But then if you ask them, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? What are what's your philosophy on this thing? Everyone has a philosophy, which means everyone is a philosopher. And if you look at the big ones like Aristotle and Plato and on Socrates, what do they have that you don't have, Barry? A beard. Well, <laughs> okay, I see where I went wrong there. <laughs> but ultimately, you, you don't need, I think you don't need any special certification or qualification to be a philosopher. And that's not to diminish the fact that no, you no, actually do literally no, have no, to be a philosopher. Yeah, no, but yeah. it's like, do you know, because when you look at someone, yeah. for example, uh, what's the name of the guy um, who looked at the telescope and discovered the world? Or Copernicus, Galileo. right? Oh, Copernicus. Copernicus, Galileo, all of those. 
those people have something you don't have, Barry, and something I don't have. They have some <laughs> kind of super hyper intelligence. No, they, they're able to look up at the sky, see a dot and say, wait a minute, I know what that is. That's a huge ball of burning fire, same as the sun, but further away. If I lived back in that era and I looked out up at the sky, I would never, ever reach that conclusion, ever. So they're just a cut above somehow. But philosophers are different. Every, no, no philosopher has more secret knowledge or something than anyone else. I, they I, just I think will, about something and come up with an step, idea. I'm not sure if I agree I with you defend, 100%. I will defend my ilk, is it, in, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in this case. Because um, let's take, uh, is it, was it Russo? Who was it that said, basically there was, there was a person who said, wait a second, we shouldn't look ourselves look at ourselves as property of a king and then that thought process led to the french revolution okay and there are oh, there are philosophers who said wait a second there is a thing that is there like there is a good versus a bad and there is a bad type of thing you know that there are people who pointed out this stuff first. Well, you're giving arbitrary examples of certain specific philosophies. No, no, yeah, but my, my point is, okay, there, there was a person who looked at the dot of the sun and said, oh, yeah, like, that's a sun. Yeah, but that's know. science, which is different than philosophy. That's, science is always accurate and inaccurate, right and wrong. Yeah, but if, okay, but what I'm saying is what this, what, philosophers did is they looked at a situation in a way that the situation wasn't looked at before and that was a copernican revolution in its own right well i guess they're philosophers who come up with new ideas but yeah. i still think someone who has a thought that's a philosophy yeah yeah but i think the difference between someone having a thought and a philosopher is like a philosopher will think about the thought a lot mm, yeah and yeah. write it down and you know he'll have one thought and write a book on it you know, whereas the normal Joe Soap would be like, ah, yeah, I had a thought. Ah. And now it's God again. Okay, I just feel like that's a philosopher who wrote it down and another philosopher who didn't. Yeah. Or, and maybe no, another philosopher who didn't stay on track. Linda? Uh, just like, in terms of like, they say to become an expert at anything, you do it for 10,000 hours and you become an expert at it. Philosophers think for 10,000 hours at least. So they become experts at thinking. So that is kind of beyond. It is. It's definitely different from just... Uh, we'll agree to disagree because my philosophy <laughs> oh, yeah. is everyone thinks for 10,000 hours no they don't <laughs> no but about a specific like someone has thought about Coronation Street for 10,000 hours Doesn't okay make them a philosophy. I haven't no but it makes them a Coronation Street well, yeah, I, I guess when I say have a thought I mean you know about the big questions of life not about I could have a thought about right, how there's I like a lot eggs. of people who have not thought no. about the big questions I, I of life I would actually though. say I would actually argue that the majority of people do not think about those things at all mm. actually yeah maybe may, you know what I'll acknowledge that yeah I, I honestly right. think I that most know. people don't think about not even the big questions I think that most people don't even think about the little questions they don't think like, hey, if I indicate going around this roundabout, it'll make that person going around the roundabout life a tiny, tiny bit easier. They don't think about that. Never mind fucking, why am I here? So, yeah, I, no, I don't think everyone's a philosopher. Okay, I'm going to ask, uh, a one thing I'm going to say, I'm going to try to not delve too much. I think you can't talk about the meaning of life without talking about religion. But I'm going to try to not make this be a religion episode. Because yeah, I think yeah, I'd like to do a religion not, yeah. episode someday. Yeah. Um, but 
we'll obviously have to talk about it and bring it up, but I'm just going to ask a random question, which I think is related to uh, the meaning of life. Barry and Donald, tell me, is everyone equal? No. Did you want follow-up? Well, I was kind of <laughs> waiting for Donald's answer or to hear follow-up. There's definitely follow-up with my one, but yes, but not in the way you think. You're saying yes is your answer? Yeah. Okay. Is everyone equal? I, yeah. I would fall on Barry's side of the, the answer there. So. Excellent. So we're different. We're, di- we're not exactly the same. <laughs> what are the odds that we'd be thinking exactly the same? But we're not exactly on rails, the mm. same train of thought. Uh, Aiden? Or is, what, ask, what? Yeah, is everyone equal? You might sort of chime in and tell us your thoughts. Or do you, actually, should we define the question? What What is equal? Or is Let's that just George Orwellian? Just do the Orwellian. Equal everyone is equal. Value. Some people are more equal than others. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the questions throw me in my head. It's like, can 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 I give an example of the maid and the bishop? Go on. Yeah, sounds like the start of a dirty joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so no, there is a you're walking on the road, do 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 do, and you're also walking on the road, like let's say 150 years ago when a bishop actually meant something. Like you have to work with the equation with the okay, equation. We, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you. Go on. You're walking on the road. And you see, lo and behold, the bishop's house is on fire. Okay. Now, you can run upstairs to rescue one person. There's no shenanigans like you would call the fire brigade or something. Okay. You can save one person. Utilitarian philosophy would say, you save the bishop. What? Because because the bishop is worth more to the community than the maid is. Wait a second. I would have said exactly the opposite. By applying utilitarian philosophy, no, which is save the maid who may have children or something. The bishop, you know, doesn't, well, or at on, least shouldn't. On. You have to remember that and the maid can only go one step forward at a time, whereas the bishop can go <laughs> straight across the board. It's, you save the bishop, <laughs> exactly. And and effectively, now, Aid, now that you have this in-depth knowledge, are we all equal? No. Oh, well, wait it? a second. Well, I mean, all I meant is equal. Really harkening back to the the nineteen eighty four book, or no, the the Animal Farm. But um, yeah, like when when I say, are we all equal? Not equal to you know, a, a mother's going to value her child over someone else's child. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not meaning. I yeah. mean, just on a human level, are all humans equal? Well, no, I wouldn't put myself on the same uh, pedestal or whatever, the same level as a neurosurgeon. So I think a neurosurgeon is... Yeah, so he's more, more valuable because of his contribution to his community. Yeah. Wait a second, let's go back. Aiden, what were we saying? Uh, no, I'd say we're not equal. We're not equal. Mm. Okay, so go back and tell us again why we are, Donald. You were saying No, 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 are. wait, Linda. Oh. I, I don't know. I think like my automatic reaction is that we all start equal. And then it's like what people do with themselves. So like you, everybody starts out the same. Like you're you're kind of a neurosurgeon. Like if all the study really hard at school, you could have become a neurosurgeon. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> That's the thing. So, like, so, so the guy who the guy or the, the person who did spend their entire young life studying and working hard to get to college, get to medical school, get to the the Royal College of Surgeons, and become a neurosurgeon. They're they're definitely more valuable to society, society than I am. Yeah, There's yeah. outside parts as well like that affect that. So it could be like you know, their position in society or being able to afford it. You know? I was thinking the same as you. I was going to say we start off equal, but then I, it's circumstance that you're in as well puts you out like one wealthy family 
have the chance to get their child into a college. Before. Okay, this is well, good. I yeah, like I like true. where all that's this true, is going. But also, yeah. like a farmer who doesn't you know doesn't come from wealth, but he's probably more important than me as well because he provides food. I don't provide food. You provide a podcast, though, and the farmer listens to the podcast. <laughs> but and he's happier in the field. <laughs> four of us are on the same page, as in we agree. Yeah, not everyone is equal. But you see, or you are you still saying yes? Everyone is equal, Donald. Yeah, I think you see. But this is where the whole meaning of life comes in. You so it's like you see the way I see this is like you know the way if if like a dice, a six sided dice. It's, there's many different ways to see it, but it's all the same exact one thing. It just depends which way you look at it, okay? So with the thing of, are we all equal? I think that we are all equal in that nobody has any value. Oh, Ev- we're all oh, equally we're worthless. All worthless. Yes. Yeah, we're all equally worthless. Yeah. Gen- but, I gen- but I'm not like, <laughs> we're all-. it's like, I gen- my core belief is everyone is equally worthless. But by that rationale, you know the expression, the higher the mountain, the lower the valley for height and depth are the same. It's like if if everyone is equally useless or worthless, everyone is equally the same value. Okay? Yeah. Well, well I'm just enjoying this. <laughs> I mean, actually, see, it depends on the perspective. I 100% agree with you. If you, look at, if you look at all humanity and all life from a purely scientific, cosmic level... From that perspective, yeah, all, all we are all completely pointless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are, yeah, 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 completely absolutely. pointless. That's, when, I agree, hundred percent. When I say all people are not equal, um, as in some people are more worthwhile than others, that's when you really—that's the micro view. But when you zoom up to the macro view, yeah, I agree with yeah, you completely. Everybody is useless, uh, and you know it's all pointless. Uh, why, why bother? Okay, so in that case. That was a great podcast. No, but in that case, it's 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 another question. In that case, from would you agree in that case that there is a macro and a micro level? So, from the point of view of rocks on Mars, do I have any value to the rock on Mars? I'm going to have to say no. But we're are we in some sort of um, Pixar? universe where the rocks and Mars are sentient and have opinions on people on Earth? We are. No, but, no, but because let's say let's say because it's not down to sentient or it's not down to being sentient yeah. because by that rationale if someone was born if, if, if I had an accident on the way home I had a crash, okay? Yeah. Now Linda's going home in your car so we can say this mm-hmm. as a as an example, I'm driving home and I have a car crash and now I'm brain dead. Do you go like, oh, well, that's Donald gone because he's brain dead. So it's not, well, we, we don't value. The people that know you, <clears throat> and this is the thing, I was making this point before, that that neurosurgeon, yes, he has, he, he's, he, he's more worthy than I am or whatever we want to say it because he saves people's lives on a daily basis. But to the people in our circles, do you know, yeah. we, we are incredibly important. So the passing of someone uh, someone is brain dead in a car crash or someone who dies to the 9 billion people on the planet to 99.999% of them they don't give a monkeys about that because it's nothing to do with them but for the people in that person's circle it's devastating and it's a loss and, and that person was important and that person had definite worth to someone now, I'm not saying everybody has worth to somebody some people are certainly don't but you can't like the rocks on Mars 
I don't know where that comes into it. I think it's just as in, as in we're equally. I'm as valuable as literally anything else in the universe. Yeah, what because say everything is, is useless and pointless. Yeah, when you zoom out to yes. the macro yeah, level, the macro, that's the macro. What I'm saying. Nine billion people on the planet aren't going to care about one person yeah. dead, but only, well, some people will, but ninety-nine point nine percent of them won't. So yeah, on a macro, yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, Aiden, Linda, would you agree with the macro slash or micro thing? What are your thoughts on that? Well, the macro slash micro thing is kind of like, <clears throat> I think most people kind of like, to each person, they're the center of their own universe. You know, and it's like, so nobody really looks on the macro level. Like, you know, they're just living in the micro level. So it's gonna I think if you spend too much time in the macro, you're going to go cracked. Yeah. And but that's a fantastic point. Well, Everybody is the center of their universe. I would consider myself thinking in the macro lots of the time. That explains that's why a bit. You're so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Aiden, what do you think? Kind of the same. But what I was thinking when you were talking Barry, about like associating yourself to the surgeon, like you feel like he is more worth. I got, like what was going through my head was that quote like what was Churchill saying when he went to war and like did were burning art or something and he's like if we don't save this what's the point he was being asked he was being asked they wanted to cut funding to oh, uh, arts, right, yeah. two arts so that they could fund more tanks or whatever yeah. it was for World War Two and he said if we're not doing if we're not fighting for for that what's the bloody point like but then to jump on that you I'm told you act a bit yeah so you might be what the surgeon's going to come home after a hard day's work to look at mm. so yours equally is valuable to him to unwind possibly yeah so well yeah and that's the thing there's the that that brings it lovely to the interconnectivity of life of what one person does has an effect on a lot more next, than what he thinks yeah yeah it's brilliant and, and most people don't know the effects that they've had on people you know, it's kind of like it's a, it's almost kind of like a passing thing for them. It might be something massive to somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have another question. Um, when you just look at kind of trying to get meaning out of life, how important is leaving a legacy behind? And I think to some people, it, it's everything. The legacy becomes everything to them. I think to other people, I think to most people, it's just, it, it's not something that they would think about that much well I'm going to ask you both a question yeah. Barry go after you die mm. if that ever happens yeah I'm planning, you, on, I'm planning on living forever and so far so good so would you would you rather um, after your death would you rather be completely forgotten almost immediately or hatefully remembered for centuries and they're the only two choices yeah forgotten don't know so um all of us saying Linda's lean into the mic. That's all right. Um, so Mark's question was, Linda, uh, just in case you missed it, and Aiden is to. Well, I'm asking you. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, but no, just reiterating. Right. It's like, uh, say, say it again. It's just like, would you, you, would you rather after your death, would you rather be pretty much immediately forgotten, or hatefully remembered for centuries? I think why not hate, hatefully remembered? Definitely, Donald wants to be Hitler. Well, when you say why not, I can tell you why not. Because it means you are the kind of person who made everyone hatefully remember you for centuries. Which, again, if you look at it from the cosmic scale, there is no good and evil. There's no meaning in anything. Everything is worthless. Let's watch TV. Mm-hmm. But I think we've just written the new Smiths album. We? <laughs> <laughs> but that's from a cosmic scale. But if you... And you can't kind of divorce the view of life from the individual kind of scale as well 
if you are the kind of person who is going to leave a legacy where you're hatefully remembered for centuries, then was your life even worth it? Well, let's say the Kennehans, okay? Poor Kennehans, their flaming ship. Uh, in, what was the ship? The Matthew that, that was basically busted off Cork recently, like yesterday. Mm-hmm. I this, should say to other international listeners yeah, or whatever, it, there is a criminal gang in Ireland called the Kinnahans and they had a boat full allegedly. of drugs. That, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Good one for a lawyer present. Uh, they got a boat full of drugs seized. So yeah. you're saying, go on, Donald. So the Kinnahan, they, they will be remembered hatefully for not for centuries because but once, not, not universally. Once, okay, the people oh, that you they mean, made Okay, rich. so you mean hmm. universal? Well, like they'll have left a legacy. People will remember them. They're scumbags. I got nothing personal Allegedly. against them. It's like you know. I, I think the go-to hatefully remembered. The default in everyone else's mind is Hitler. Hitler. It's gotta be it's Hitler. Gotta be Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what about Rick Astley? Uh-huh. Oh, hey, <laughs> not wrong, Rick Astley. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so let's say, um, like again, from keep, my keep, point of view, keep Hitler as your okay. From your my standard, point of view, right? you'd rather be hatefully remembered like Hitler. Here's what I would rather. Okay, when this is going back to the meaning of life mm-hmm. thing. Okay, there there is an expression, and I'm I'm probably butchering it, but it's like. Uh, Bad things happen when good people do nothing. Do you ever hear that? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's, okay. yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So the, the reason the world is the way it is isn't because of the Hitlers and it isn't because of the Kinnahans of the world. Okay. It's because imagine if, imagine if everyone that knew something bad was happening just saw something bad happening and all the good people swarmed onto that bad thing, they would stop it immediately. Okay, but I hope you're including yourself in this because we all know bad stuff is happening and we all know we could do something yeah. about it right now yeah, and yeah, we just yeah. couldn't be arsed. No, exactly. But imagine if okay. society would be very, very different. Imagine if there was a car was speeding and all the other cars saw that car is speeding and every single person that saw the car speeding... Rammed him off the road. No, reported that car to the police. Then immediately you'd be like in a society where it's like, holy crap, anything I do wrong, it's going to be reported. Yeah, well, now you're talking 1984 conformist China well, state. I, I do think that a perfect state would be a 1984 style. Like, I, I'm the person that thinks that cars should have macros built into the number plates, where number plates have chips on them, where if a car is speeding, that it'll be immediately detected by a chip. And immediately you get a fine directly put into your bank account. I'm not against that, but... You see? But I, then it's like, where where do you stop? It's like, you I don't. Would, no, That's no, the but, whole point of that type of society. No, you but never the, stop. But the thing is, I would be all on for, and I think so would everyone, I would be all on for, as crazy as this sounds, a 100% police totalitarian state. And you think everyone else would be as well? Wait, what but, you just said... I don't, we're gone off the meaning of life now, but <laughs> no, to gotta, me, it's still you, you, you <clears throat> always circle back to dictatorships and how they're good. Yeah, and, and he wants to be remembered like Hitler. <laughs> yeah, no, no, wait, because they could be good if you have a benevolent dictator. Yeah, yeah, which 
basically has that, never happened ever. But don't forget, <clears throat> it's not just having a benevolent dictator. Everyone that works for that benevolent dictator has to be benevolent as well. Well, if but the dictator's powerful enough, then basically... If the dictator's powerful enough. Easy. But imagine how many eyes he's going to have to have to make sure that every single person that works within his government, every one of them, none of them are corrupt. Yeah. You see, Barry, you actually hit the nail on the head. Mark, you hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> it's if. Okay. Because there is a perfect model that we all know would work. Okay. Which is? Well, which is literally everybody don't do any crime. And if one person does crime, then everybody reports on that person and stops crime but immediately. See, the, the, no, but, oh, but, but wait. So that's, that's the very childlike fairy tale view of there is a perfect society where everything just happens correctly. Okay. But realistically, that society doesn't exist. And couldn't exist. And probably couldn't exist. I'm not going to say it can't and you're not either. You're not going to say 100% it can't. Probably it can't exist. Okay. But then you say, if we can't live in that society, what kind of society are we living in? And it's a society where literally everybody does only what's good for themselves only. Like I, I... challenge to find anyone in this room to come up with anyone who does something that's purely um Altruistic. altruistically okay so let's say the so this is the friends episode where phoebe was saying to joey that nobody does anything yeah for exactly 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 mm-hmm. so like let's say mother Teresa was oh she was so altruistic okay she was only doing what she thought herself Just was for good. the glory no no not necessarily for the glory but she, she got was, up in the morning she was doing it for the money she got up in the morning she he's laughing but it's true did it she did exactly what she, okay let's say I mean, you might have some dirt she's on Mother Teresa I don't <laughs> yes, no, she, she was apparently <clears throat> allegedly she was very corrupt yeah, yeah but, <laughs> looking it up Mother Teresa <laughs> corruption yeah. but my, my point is that you see I would look at the world in a realistic from a realistic point of view that's the way I see the world that there is there, there's a question that we should ask everyone in here actually as well before we're going on will I ask that question first go for it yeah okay. don't derail your own point but go on uh, okay well yeah my own point I'll, I'll stick with I'll get back to this will circle back to my own point Barry and Aiden and Linda be thinking about this Barry is there a good and a bad or a bad as in more, more like morally, in a, morally morally like yeah. is there good good things and bad things good yeah. actions bad yeah. actions yes Mart? Well, I'm glad now that you've gone here because we had kind of veered off the <coughs> meaning of life and this is square back in the meaning of life again. I'm going to say, again, if you look at things from a cosmic point of view, there isn't. There's no, no good and there's no, no bad. No, there is not. Yeah, there isn't. Um, so really, the only good and bad that exists is the subjective perception that we all bring to the world from within ourselves. So I will look at something and say, that's bad or that's good. And there is no objective rule book that I'm reading that from. Now, someone who believes in the Bible can say, well, hey, presto, there's your rule book. Uh, I don't. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But there's no objective good and there's no objective bad. So in answer to your question, no, there isn't. The answer sounds ridiculous. Unless you just be aware that I'm looking at this from, say, the really all-encompassing universal scale of things but there is good and bad and morality and everything 
it's unavoidable and undetachable from the human experience. So every human has that perception that they bring to the world themselves. Yeah. <coughs> Linda? Linda? Good, bad? Is Does there a good exist? or bad? Um, yes. Nice. Uh, like basic, basically, because, as I was saying before, everybody is the centre <coughs> of their own universe. So you, you, things happen that make you feel bad. Things happen that make you feel good. People hurt each other, they kill each other, they do crimes against each other, and the, as soon as somebody does something to somebody else that causes them pain or hurt, that's that's bad. And that's why we have a society that has criminal charges and all this kind of but stuff. But you did seem to associate your own feelings with the morality. You said things happen that make you feel bad, oh, but yeah, you, totally could, you could do something that could make you feel bad, even that's though it was a good subjective. thing. Yeah, but you could do something that would make you feel bad, even though it's morally a good thing. Yeah. So, in a way, your feelings don't really matter to it's, the existence of the morality of good and bad. It's the feelings of everybody that matters, kind of thing. Because, like, you know, there's, there's, um, there's just, there's, it's basically, it's about society and how people treat each other. You know, and what's accepted and what's acceptable within society, how people should treat each other. So you're saying there is a good and bad, but it's a shifting sand that changes. It is a shifting sense of the changes. It it's is changed very, loads it's, historically. Now. Historically and yeah, culturally and as well. Culturally and yeah. different countries. What's, what's Absolutely. What's, 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 what's considered, considered okay in Ireland isn't okay in other countries. Yeah. You know, you just kind of, it's, so it is constantly, it's like changing, definitely. <gasps> I just piggyback on that point. I couldn't really <laughs> add more to that. Um, uh, I watched recently, it was like the scene in Seven when Morgan Freeman is talking to Brad Pitt and he's like Morgan Freeman's thing stuck with me there when you're saying it. I think it's when thing uh, when he's like the monologue was like he says it's easier to steal than it is to work for something. It's easier to hit a child than to raise a child. I think it's like mm. how people view it's the ease of getting through life, and some people like the, is it the morality side of it the bad? Is it like oh, I'm probably rambling, but like. You know, all the things that, like, more so nowadays that we put as morally bad is because people are stealing. It's, it's, it's getting their way through life easier than the yeah. way we say, oh, you have to work for something. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Right? It does. Me, me and Katrina have this conversation all the time. We're always, at, we, not all the time, but we, it comes up quite often. Are we the Egypts? Are we the stupid ones who do things by the book, who pay our television license and pay our taxes and go out and work and, pay, you know, do all well, that stuff? I'm going to call you on the television license, Wilmberry. But <laughs> Mistake right there. But Yeah, but we've always paid it. We've always paid it, so we, we, we'll probably keep paying it simply because <laughs> that's what we're expected to do. Um, but we often asking like, are we the Egypts? The people out there that never work and still have a nice house and cars and go on holidays, something that we haven't done in years. Do you know? But morally speaking, I'm not going to change because I believe that it's better to be lawful and to be a contributing member of society than than not. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh wait, for for start for me, is there a good or a bad? Simply no. There's just like your own perception, and like every the world emanates out from your own mind, and your concept of everything goes from your own mind outward. Yeah, yeah. But so then, just to get a yes or no, is there a good and bad? Well, as I, I say, because there's a macro and a micro. Yeah, but I think let's see if objectively no, there's no good and bad. 
Okay, Linda, objectively, good or bad? Yes. There is? Yeah. Okay, objectively. Aiden, is there objectively good or bad? You're yes. allowed to decline to answer everything. Complete the fifth. Under advisement of solicitor. Right, if we're talking macro, no. If you're talking about where we live and the actual real world, yes. But obje- like that's not objectively though, is it? Or, or, or is it? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty subjectively to me. But like I would say, I would say objectively, there's no good or bad. No. So, but it's just interesting okay. to hear all the we, different we opinions. We have for us. I have another question. Whatever meaning there is in life, everyone has some kind of a take on it themselves, right? I'm going to just leave that with you for a minute. But would that change if you found out conclusively science just discovered this? It's an absolute definite fact. We're living in a simulation. Would it change? Would that change what the meaning of life is? I don't think it would because life is still life. You still know, oh, I'm in a simulation. Maybe something interesting is going to happen when I die and I, I'll wake up in a different body somewhere else that's in the, that's plugged into the simulation. Yeah, we certainly could, you could the water. argue Come that on. even Come without the simulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this know. is it. Like. <clears throat> but it's still my life. I'm still me. The decisions I make are still mine. Whether or not they're part of an algorithm running in the background, I don't know. And again... I don't care. It's my, I'm still living my life. I still have to raise Ashley, I still have to be a husband and and a, and a son and a brother and a, a and a friend. So I'm still going to do all that stuff. So no, I don't think that would change how I live my life at all. Yeah, me neither. Hmm. I'm just curious to see would it be a kind of a what? No. Hmm. No, unless you have the proof there, have you? Oh no. <laughs> Although it's not actually proof. But I presume you know, or did I? Maybe I talked about this in some other podcast. You know the simulation hypothesis, right? Yeah. And it's, if you apply logical deduction to it, then the correct answer is we are more likely living in a simulation than not. Just purely for that reason alone. Never mind all these weird things that... Okay, explain it. Just really briefly explain it. Okay. Um, There's this Swedish professor, MIT guy or something like that, Nick Bostrom, if you want to look it up. He came up with this idea. Let's let's leave aside the question, are we living in a simulation, right? Let's say we are, we're not. But the way science and technology is going right now in our world today, there will probably come a point where we can create a simulation and AIs will exist inside that simulation. And by the way, we've already done this billions of times, every video game, The Sims, everything. That is basically us creating a simulation with AIs in it. So the only difference here is you create one that is so complex and so vast and the AIs that exist in that simulation are so intelligent that they can be completely self-aware, which is a something else that we're also approaching. But you could create this simulation and they will live in the simulation, but they won't know that they're in a simulation. The, so the AIs won't. The AIs oh. won't. These AIs will live in the simulation, but they'll think it's the real world. Now... If we ever get to the point where we did that, now there's two realities or two worlds. The real one that we live in and this fake simulation one, right? Come up with a name for it. Uh, Call it the the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's say. But the thing is, if we ever get to the technological point where we do this and we have the desire to do it, 
you're not going to just create one simulation. You're going to create multiples of simulations. So we might create a thousand of them or a million of them or a billion. So now there's one real reality and a million not real realities, simulations. And of this one million and one worlds, one of them is real, one million of them is not real, but everyone in every single one of these worlds, they all think they're in the real world. Why would you have the hubris to say, oh yeah, but the reality that we're in is a real one? Barry. Yeah, Barry. <laughs> you know, it's like logical deduction. Now, there's a few, there's a few kind of a, this is built on a few premises that you could challenge. Like, oh, maybe we'll never, maybe it'll never be possible to build a simulation like that. But the way techni techni techniques are going, it seems like this is something that years away. We will, four, it could be, five it could years. be centuries away. It could be centuries away. But in centuries' time, presuming we don't blow ourselves up or something, we could start creating these simulations. And once they exist, then there's no reason for us to assume. Wait a minute! Out of the million and one worlds that exist, we're in the real one. How do you know? There's but, but that surely that's only for the people that live in that reality. In you know, say fifteen years time, they come up with these things. And they start making the worlds. Mm -hmm. It's only for them, like for us. Or are you suggesting? Or well, I'm suggesting that maybe somebody else has already got to that technological yeah, point, created a simulation, and this is it. And this is it. And we're the AIs in the simulation. And in our simulation, the AI simulation hasn't been invented yet. Yeah, just incidentally. Okay. okay. And purely logically speaking, that is undeniable, right? But there's a lot of frayed edges of reality that really make me think sometimes yeah. and i'm going to give one example and there's a dozen of these right if you take any metric in the universe so let's say for example you could say i'm going to measure the the length of every river on earth or i'm going to measure the diameter of every star in space or i'm going to measure the height of every door on earth any metric you pick, doesn't matter what, you're going to get a lot of different answers, right? So let's say you take all of these answers and you break them down into all of, and I'm talking now answers that require a number. So that's why all the examples I gave are measurements, right? Yeah. So the doors are six foot and 10 foot and nine foot, whatever. The lengths of rivers are 9,000 feet and 2,000 feet. Just take all of these numbers, take all the rivers, for example, collate all that data, and just take the first number in every measurement. So let's say you measured a million lakes. There's going to be, you would think, there'll be uh, 100,000 starting with one, and 100,000 starting with two, and 100,000 starting with three. Because once data sets get big enough, um, things average out. That's inevitable. Wrong for some strange reason that nobody can explain. <coughs> when you look at this data sets in any metric you measure in the whole universe, the numbers are always the same and skewed the wrong way. Now, I can't remember exactly, and there's actually, it's like Bostrom's law or something like that. Not Bostrom, because he's the philosopher guy who came up with the simulation theory, but it's some guy law. I'll find it for the next episode, right? Perfect. But it's something weird like, oh, there's always like 40% are sixes. 
and 5% are ones always oh, it's kind of like the it, the it, Fibonacci sequence type thing but it's not Fibonacci no see uh, Fibonacci is consistent and that makes sense yeah that no this is when I heard this first I didn't believe it I was like well that's bullshit there's no way that's true and I looked it up and I looked it up and I looked it up and I realized yeah I mean if ever there was a a flaw in the simulation where it's like, oh, somebody botched, somebody botched the code somewhere. They, they got the algorithm wrong on that yeah, one. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm that's telling you. It, it's weird. Anyway, so I was just thinking, if you did live in a simulation, yeah, I think your life, if, if we did find out, <coughs> it's still the same. It's actually yeah. different. Yeah. It's very underwhelming. There is a, there is a, I think a Chinese philosopher called, how do you pronounce that? Zhang Wei. Let's call it that. Okay, and he said... He won't say He's probably not Swan, Swan, now, now I do not know whether I was a man dreaming I was a butterfly or whether I am now a butterfly dreaming I'm a man. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that before. Okay, I have another question. Meaning of life and all. Is AI alive? And maybe not right now. ChatGPT, say GPT-4, it, it has what they call showing sparks of general uh, artificial general intelligence which is to say kind of it's getting there but um let's say it does get there eventually will that be really life would that be the same for example would it be well actually i'll just ask the question first would it be life as someone who's played all of the mass effect games um i would have to say that yes ai could be considered life and then would have like the same rights of all other life and for example when we were asking you earlier about is everyone equal that question would then have to be extended to include ais mm, i guess it would do yeah that'd be very weird it would it would but again um if you think back to the do you remember the episode of uh, the next generation when they put data on trial yeah. oh yes bruce maddox was trying to take him apart yeah yeah so yeah i think measure of a man that's the one i i so i think yes potentially ai could be considered as sentient life uh, I, I agree I think there's no uh, we're definitely not there um, now but according to my philosophy is like AI could it's, have it's equally worthless as yeah. everyone else <laughs> yeah <laughs> welcome to the worthless pool AI <laughs> yeah it, it's like it, it might have a life but um, it, sorry it might have a value but Here's a question to take mm. it back to the bishop and the maid thing. It sounds like a joke. <laughs> Do they walk okay. into a bar this time? No, let's say you're walking. What's a person that's really valued nowadays? TikTok celebrities, yeah. Okay, let's say there's like future celebrity human is in a building, okay? And there is a future sentient Okay, so this, this robot has rights. It had voted in the latest election and everything. And that robot was up in one window. But the celebrity that people knew about and you knew about was up in this window. And you could only save one of them. Would there be any question there who you'd save? Or would it be just like, you hmm. just keep walking? See, that's like if you were... I'm going to reframe that question back to you. There's a human and a Vulcan, and you can only save one. Almost from a longevity point of view you'd nearly have to save the Vulcan Vulcans have lifespans of hundreds of years so if you save a human and he might be 40 or 50 eh, he's going to live another four or five decades save the Vulcan he could live another four or five centuries so are you going to save 
40 years worth of but life also, also or 100 years worth of life. But you don't have the information that that uh, that human could be the neurosurgeon and, and the that could be could Hitler. Be Hitler. <laughs> okay, so let's let's take another example. Because the AI will live forever. That's to what test that example, yeah, mm-hmm. let's say there is identical twins. Okay, one of the identical twins becomes a computer scientist and the other flies out to he does the first round robin trip of jupiter and he comes back to us okay they started off as identical twins and let's say they were the same age okay i obviously they were, have to yeah, well no but they were like we're talking seconds here okay so let's say that they were exactly born at the same there was a cesarean section and they both popped out at the same time or right, something okay. okay they're both exactly okay, the same gotcha. second okay yeah when they come back from jupiter the the pilot who went around jupiter is a lot younger now than the one who stayed on earth mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah because of science time dilation yeah yeah so now you have the same question again the one who went around the the Jupiter has a potential to live longer. Yeah, I mean, again, it's the same old thing of do you save an old person or a kid? You know, it's just one is kind of closer to death already. I'm count, counting myself as an old person, so I'm not dissing old people. So, you know, <coughs> but then, you know, time dilation going on Jupiter is probably not going to be that significant. So yeah, now, if somebody's like, you know, a day older than another person, I wouldn't be using that as my sole metric to judge. But I'm in the absence of any other knowledge, and you got to pick someone to save, you know, I'm just saying the AI is a computer program that could live eternally, theoretically, whereas a human is in a rotting meat bag that's only going to be around for a few decades at the most. Eh, you know, maybe you should save the AI. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. See, this is all, this, this is all philosophy, and I, I'll say this. I'm not a philosopher. You totally I'm, are. I'm, I'm totally not. And nor am I a philosopher's son. Right? So you can put your pheasant pluckers jokes in there. Um, so what is the meaning of life? I mean, I, I honestly, I'm going to bring it right down to that. I'm going to say, I, I, I honestly don't know because there's so many ways of looking at it and we've, we've touched on a lot of them okay. so far this evening. But for me, the meaning of my life, and this changed, the meaning of my life when I was in my teens and in my 20s the meaning of life was get laid and that was pretty much it right <laughs> the meaning of life now is be a good like I said before be a good husband a good father a good son a good brother and a good friend uh, and live my life as best I can and do right that's that's the meaning of life for me now in 10 years time if I'm still around the meaning of life might change again like so but you actually said a phrase there you said the meaning of my life well yeah that's I think anyone can answer that easy. What's the meaning of your life? Because everyone, basically... I mean, if you want to really boil it down, the meaning of life could be, in theory, I guess, you could boil it down to reproduction. Because that's what pretty much every single life form shares. Yeah. The meaning of life is reproduce. So, like, that's... That's, that's where I am at it. So, so there is... There is... If there is an objective version of the meaning of life, you could say then that's it, okay? But if there's any kind of subjective, as in my own personal, as in one's own personal belief of what is the meaning of life, mine is to understand that nothing has any meaning 
and that's very important to understand that that for you yeah yeah well for me and what i'd like to know i would love if i'd love if everyone that listened to this podcast heard this and they were like i have to tell 10 people and those 10 people told 10 people tell them what sorry told them that and if they all kind of it just spread like a virus there is no meaning to life except what you make it okay so then but to properly really understand that so if you're sitting down because people because people are like a lot of people get depressed because they're like oh what am i doing with my life i'm just sitting here looking at heli it's like yep well done you're equally as valuable and as worthful or as worthless as the neuroscientists at the beginning you know no there is no value you know it's just it's it's no value because according to my belief like i believe in the big bang like there was a point when there was where our physics can't explain what what, what in the words of terry pratchett in the beginning there was nothing which exploded <laughs> yeah yeah okay so we exploded now if you can say that at the point right when it was beginning to explode when that explosion was happening if you can look at that and say there was a good and a bad inherent built into that explosion okay then maybe there's good and bad today but i think we're just like we're simply molecules my favorite picture is the periodic table because it's like it explains where we came from you know it's it's literally everything to us it's like we all have a mother but every single one of us came from the sun you know so the sun is our mother type of thing and this is the weirdest version of nihilism i've heard but it's like but so, i agree with you but then like we're just atoms and electrons and like chemical compositions and like gravitational forces squished together into a reproductive molecule that's us and there there's no good or bad anywhere in there so but that doesn't mean that you can go out and club someone in the face because there are going to be repercussions you're an intelligent animal type of thing uh, you know? what if you could club someone in the face and get away with it okay that's club exactly the back of the head so why would you not club them in the back of the head okay and that's exactly that's why it that's why to me that's why it's so important to know that nothing has any meaning except what you give it because lo- i'm at 47 i'm old enough to you know to know as our kids and everyone up from that age you're old enough to know if bad things happen in the world they'll eventually come around and affect you you know if I club someone in the head, I know that in some tiny, tiny, tiny way, police resources are going to be gone into this and that's going to cost the state a little bit more. And it's just like, it comes around and it bites you in the ass. So basically you're saying the only reason you do not do bad is you're afraid you're going to get caught. Um, it's not just that I'm afraid I'm going to get caught because like if I'm walking on the road and I see a wallet, okay, the, the wallet is just there on the ground. I can hand in the wallet or not hand in the wallet. Why, why would I hand in the wallet? So you wouldn't? No, as in why would I hand okay, in well, the I'm wallet? Okay, I'm asking you a question now. Do you know no, what? no, would you? I would, I would. Well, then I why would, would you? But, 
I would, but... Because that goes against your own philosophy, doesn't no, it? No, 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 no. Because all I'm saying is, if you do something good or if you do something um, bad, it's very much because of your upbringing. It's like, it's... You know, I don't, I don't want to do the cop-out thing of, oh, it's, up, it's upbringing. It's like... It, but... I just feel there's an inconsistency there where you're saying, because this is the thing that people wrongly criticize. Question me, question me on it. Go on. This is the thing that people wrongly criticize atheists of. They say um, atheists don't believe in anything, so they have no morality. Because not, not, not all religious people do this. Only a very small minority of religious people do this, where they have this misinterpretation that you need morality to be kind of handed to you by an external force by god or the bible or something like that yeah whereas actually it's inherent in human nature that you bring your own morality to every circumstance but what you're saying is not you're pure nihilist there is no meaning in life and therefore you know there's no the only reason you don't do bad is you might get caught but then if you find a wallet on the ground you would hand it in and I don't you're making a leap there no, that I no, don't see the connectivity no, I'm not be, because you're saying that the only reason I wouldn't do it is because I get caught there's loads of things I can do so you're saying that life has no meaning but you are you do still have a moral a morality well, that yeah, you're bringing because, yourself and it's from your upbringing yeah yeah but it's not like it, it's it's not that I was born i was born with the capacity to to understand the up the the meaning but i wasn't born with the meaning you know the meaning of the meaning of anything it's like a battery when it's made has a potential to hold a charge and then you charge it now it has a charge when i was born i had the potential to understand yeah, so morality was morality to you. so it's just one of the things and that that i understand and that i know so we know we know, everyone in this room knows that there are there are rules and there's everything that we operate in within society. And, and there are special names for people that don't understand that, the sociopaths and psychopaths and stuff. Hmm. Okay. And even though I'm definitely, I hear myself talking sometimes and I wonder where I am on the um, Fleming sociopath scale. But it's like... The reason I do stuff that other people call good is out of utilitarianism. It's like it's it's good for society in general. And again, that's why I want that everyone would if everyone thought like me, then as crazy as that is to say, if everyone thought doesn't sound narcissistic at all. <laughs> no, but if everyone thought like Donald, like me, then everyone you You'd go like, okay, sure, you can rob a bank or you can do these kind of things, but you, but you would also go, oh, wait a second, of course this person is going to rob a bank because I didn't get off my ass to make sure that this person got out of the social conditions that they were in. That made them, that made it, if someone robs a bank, it makes sense for them to rob a bank. Mm-hmm. You, what society has to do is you have to make it in such a way where it makes sense where to not rob to a run. bank. Yeah, that you don't want to rob a bank because you don't need to. It's just going to bother bother you more in the long run. So that so as as a as a corollary of the understanding of the meaning of life, or as a, as okay, now that you have a framework of there is no meaning of life, 
rather than it turning into um, the purge, you know, that it's like you understand that if you do something wrong, every action has a consequence and you want to do as few wrong things as possible because it's just going to come around to bite you in the ass. And if, if, if all of society thought that. Mm, okay, so I think ultimately you're kind of the same opinion as the rest of us, which is... Probably, you know, like, yeah. Bring your own morality. BYOM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is definitely BYOM. <laughs> except that I would, I would definitely say that I have a very definite understanding of where it comes from and why. Like, uh, my, my well, morality... Well, in philosophy, so... Yeah, well, my, my understanding wouldn't be tied to any religion or any kind of someone else said so, therefore I will be this way. Apart from the fact that I understand that when, when I was born like this, when you're born into a society, it makes logical sense to acknowledge that you're affected by the things you learned. Guys, okay. weigh in. I think Donald should be asked that question about does he want to be eternally hated <laughs> again? Because <laughs> it's a different answer. <laughs> you see, no, no. Here, you see, here's the thing. Let's say you said, so let's say the eternally hated thing, right? Let's say, let's take the likes of Donald Trump. Donald Trump would be eternally hated. And eternally loved. But and eternally loved. Because really you can't, I suppose the same thing could be said about Hitler. He's also really yeah, weird. but there's a very small minority of Nazis today that would be like, "Hey, Hitler's great." Most people, yeah, are like, nah, but he was a dick. no, that's the soundbite they're gonna take. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would say, like, yeah, but the 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 groundworks that Hitler laid. When you get those stupid knackers, the, you know the people that go into libraries and burn books on. Like, there's a book that Juno Dawson wrote called... I am gay or something. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a book about, like, how to come out and that explains all the different sexualities to teenagers. Mm -hmm. And these <clears throat> scumbags, and I just wish that I could come across one of them on the street just to talk this out, out with them. Oh, I thought you were going to club them in the face. No, no, no. Because, no, no, because again, that's illegal, you know. So and this, uh, this book is gay. The, oh yeah, it's called This Book is Gay. I just not remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a thing, and librarians are taught, and this is exactly a perfect example of what I mean. A when you go into a library, actually this is a perfect example. When you go into a library, a kid should go into a library and say, I want a librarian, do you have this book? The librarian should say, all of the librarian's concern should be I have this book, here it is, and if, do you, kid, do you need any help with any other book? Can I ask another question? Go on. Um, because, yeah, we are living in Fahrenheit 451 now, but should, uh, I, I think what you're saying is all books are knowledge and should be freely available to everyone. Uh, mm, I wasn't actually actively saying that. Go on. Well, are you saying that? Man, have we come back around to the freedom of speech again? Yeah. I you know, mean, you see, no, because... Um, I just don't know why you're giving out about burning a book. I mean, it's it, because it's like there's a reason why you don't do a book on here's how to make explosives. The Anarchist um, Cookbook. Isn't ah, it? you are going a, a higher level up. There's people who want to burn books that are listening to this going, 
that's where we went wrong. It's like, don't be burning the books. You should be preventing them from writing it in the first place. No, like, here, here's the thing. <laughs> well, no, explain, explain your question. It's like, because you said, well, I mean, you, you don't want people to be uh, writing books about how to blow things up or whatever. That no, 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 no. I, I don't mind if people write them. I'm mm-hmm. saying there's a consequence for society if they are written. Okay, so I'm asking you, just based on what you're saying here, and I kind of, I'm aware we're kind of going off on a tangent no, go now. On, go on. Should books be banned? No. Should any books be banned? I'm going to say no. But with that said, you see, because then, by, you see, and this is why it's a sticky thing. Okay, a sticky question. Because by that rationale, should a kid be able to go, and um, there's a Barbie's Life in the Dream House, there's Pippa Pig, there's German scat hardcore porn, and they're all on the same shelf because no book should be banned. Books should be regulated. Of course, books should be regulated. Okay, so I can see, I can see the contradiction of what I'm saying. Okay, that I'm saying, I'm saying, books shouldn't be banned. Well, but, I mean, in fairness, you're not even really contradicting yourself if you're saying, say, there are certain, if each book should be given an age rating, same as a video game or a movie, then that's the determination done. So yeah. all the librarian does is confirm your Like, age. the thing is, when you're a certain age, and this is the, the problem with porn in society today, okay, it's so prevalent that any kid can, can look at porn on the phone, any kid. But if a kid sees it, they will have an understanding of, oh, this is the way that lovemaking should happen. This is okay. intimacy. This yeah, is this is intimacy. It isn't. When it's not, it's performance art. If you yeah, yeah. It, if you want to give it a name. And, it, and it's kind of like the same of if a kid comes in and they see the mom and the dad and they're having an argument. And if, they, if the mom and the dad never explain to the kid what happened, maybe the kid thinks, oh, this is naturally a thing that naturally happens. And of course, in the, by the same vein, if a kid walks in and sees uh, Reservoir Dogs or Platoon or any yeah. other movie that has violence in it, they think, ah, this is normal and acceptable behavior. I'm going to get a gun now and shoot people. Exactly. So, exactly. So, yeah, or a video game or anything. Wait a second now. Are we starting to say that video games are making kids violent? Yeah. No, no, but they can <laughs> contribute to it. They can, uh, because, because here's the thing. Everything contributes to everything in some degree. Okay, we definitely got to do another podcast about this because we've gone so but far no, but, away. No, but, but to bring it back, this, this podcast is about the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Okay? There is no good or bad. This is to me everything always my north star is there is no good or bad there is only your own understanding of of what you see around you so again when it goes down to the juno dawson book for example those people that want to take out the book out of libraries take that book out of libraries they have one meaning of life one understanding of life and i totally disagree with that understanding of life so from my point of view, to make my life better, they shouldn't be doing it. And from their point of view, to make their life better, you should let them take out the book and burn whatever book they Exactly. Like. And that's why, logically, I would love if everyone thought like me, as crazy as that is to say. But logically it is. It's the logical conclusion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and it's like, I would say that from everyone in this room, everyone per- would prefer if everyone else thought exactly like them. Oh, man, I don't know about that. No, I, I wouldn't want to work for me. No. Um, <laughs> no. 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 I, I, I like, I I like that there are people not. that think, 
about things to think about. I like that there are philosophers. I like there are people that think, I'm going to study really, really hard and become a neurosurgeon. Not a neuroscientist, like you said earlier. Ugh, no, neurosurgeon. <laughs> uh, I like that there are people that think, you know what, I love saving people. I'm going to become a firefighter. If everyone thought the exact same way, and then that was my way, the world would be really fucked. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Barry. Um, Aidan and Linda, did we ask, what are your understandings of meaning of life? Did we ask that? Boil it down. Give did, us. Did you actually give your understanding of the meaning of <laughs> I life? I definitely gave mine. Like a, a big one to just throw over. <laughs> I definitely gave mine. Yeah. Well, like even what you were saying there, like it's it's kind of, um, I'd hate for everyone to be the same. I think it's the variety that makes the world interesting and discussion and debate that changes changes things and makes things better. But um, meaning of life, for me, like we actually were talking about this one of the days in work as well, um, it's about kind of, mostly like and this is totally subjective because again I'm giving a subjective point of view but I think I'm kind of a bit of an every man on this like but uh, it's it's about human connection and how you connect to, to people or and it's it's not necessarily human connection to you and some people like their greatest connection is to an animal or to nature or to something that they love doing you know so it's about it's about the connections you make and the things that you care about through your life and I think like like when you look up yeah, dictionary meaning of life is the time between you're born and when you die and it's just like about making making use of it and making yourself as happy as you can be with it and trying to make other people happy so that's kind of like very basic but that's kind of my, my view yeah. and see we're a perfect match aren't we <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see what happened there yeah. <laughs> see the connection I just heard that nihilism and I said wow dreamy <laughs> <laughs> dreamy <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. Uh, yeah, we were talking about it during the week. I went yeah. really like. Um, we had a very deep look. Yeah, it's really deep. Friday, I think. And I kind of, I sounded really corny with my answer at the time. I think it was. Um, I got like when I was thinking about this. I there's a like a, a line from a poem that gets me thinking, and it was going back to what you were saying about like we're all cosmic dust. Yeah, essentially, and. the the line from the poem is uh, as if you were on fire from within the moon lives in the lining of your skin and what I get from that is like when you're looking at the night sky and you see stars there are memories because they're already gone I'd like to think I'd leave something that people can follow in terms of a light or like connection like Linda's saying that you you leave an impression on people for good and then they can bring it forward and that's my take so long lives this and this gives life to thee yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no, like that, that I'm being it sounds really pretentious or something no no no, no, it's no, 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 no it sounds it sounds like, like literally I think we all agree life is what meaning you bring to it and yeah. that's a good meaning to bring to your yeah. life yeah well, just well. leaving good connection that people can follow later on and, or follow in their life yeah. carry on like, it's, really it's like going back to like good and bad like be like bring positivity instead of negativity yeah that's very good and pretty much my summary of the meaning of life would be actually very aligned with Donald's and it is inherently there's no meaning so all you can do is bring any meaning you can to it but I actually don't I sometimes kind of struggle to understand why just what you said there why people want to leave a legacy of any sort because for me it's like when I'm dead I just don't care well, you're, not, you're not going to care yeah, but, but I, I don't care right now. But it, but it comes back around to the whole 99.99% of the planet won't care when you die. 
It's yeah. not going to bother them. But it's your circle. It's the people around it. It's your family. Your friends. I have a question, right? It's about legacy. Alfred Nobel. What, what, first thing when I say his name, what do you think of? The Nobel Peace Prize is the first dynamite. one. Dynamite. Yeah, isn't it? Like the whole thing, he invented dynamite yeah. and he was so like... Uh, like he couldn't believe that he's given mm. something to the world that can be destructive that he de- dedicated the rest of his life then to giving a prize for people doing good yeah so well the, that legacy thing it's he, he was so like th- like his legacy now is, he's changed it because he was aware of what legacy he is leaving behind and does that influence does people that won the two legacies yeah. even that poem I've the, um, mentioned won a Nobel Prize or Nobel Prize for Literature. Really? Or, or the uh, the author is Pablo Neruda. So, I guess his like, legacy create or not create, but how does it like? Oh, where am I going with this? It does it aspire, or or is that like aspires others meaning or something? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. In the parlance of the MCU, he said, "I have read in my ledger." So he was like, "I gotta <laughs> fix this." Yeah. And boy, did he fix it. He did a great job. But Jets, interesting. We have one last question. I think because I get a feeling we're going to wrap up soon, but I want to yeah. ask a question because I have a feeling this might happen in our lifetimes. Let's say we have a meaning of life and whatever it means. Would that change if aliens landed in Air Square and Galway? Intelligent aliens communicated with us. And we start down there. Aiden? If aliens landed in... in like intelligent aliens, because I know it's going to be... Uh, the first thing that's going to happen is you'll be like, ooh, we found a molecule on Mars of life. No, so but you said they landed in Air Square. But so I'm, I'm assuming they're not in the pickup, the galactic version of a pickup truck drinking beers. And go, let's all have barbecue here. <laughs> no, I'm talking, let's say just, and I'm using that as a kind of a throwaway example, but ultimately that we found definitive proof of intelligent life in the universe. Yeah. And we're starting with Aiden. Okay. It definitely what? wouldn't find me. <laughs> I get the dumbass alien. Cletus. <laughs> um, sorry, what's the question again? Well, I'm just wondering, would it change your own perspective of the meaning of life? To know, oh wait, there's other life elsewhere, or you know, we're not so special after all. No, humans. because I think there is. I, I think there is life out there. So if I'm if I'm already thinking that there has to be something out there, I'm yeah, it wouldn't change anything. For it wouldn't you. change that now because if it just came, I just be like. Oh, yeah. well, that's brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> I was right, <laughs> Linda. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of the same. I don't think it would change things for me. I think it would make life more interesting, but um, possibly but like, more deadly. Possibly more deadly. It all depends on it, like. But I think, I think, like you know, the way we see so many films and stuff about aliens coming, destroying everything, and all this kind of stuff. So obviously, which is like, probably why they haven't come. They've, no, they've, they've seen all our, our films they're, and gone mad every time press. they kill us. <laughs> Every single time, man, they put viruses in our computers, they fucking give us water that yeah. was poisonous to us, they, they give us the flu. The, uh, the, the, best, the best thing that I've, I've read or, or watched about aliens is um, Project Hail Mary. I think we talked about it before. Yes. The Andy Weir book. And it's like, um, it's, it's, just, it's just brilliant. I don't want to spoil the film, but it, it was kind of... Is like, there a film? Or, sorry, there's going to be a film, but I don't want to spoil oh. the book. Basically, or the, or the film when they do make it. Or the film. I think there is. I think it's it's in production. But um, what you call the that idea and the way that it's portrayed in that is kind of like it's good because it, as you said, like if an intelligent life form that like we could communicate with landers and how we deal with it, that that's that's like that would be life changing, but it wouldn't change the meaning of life. 
Hmm. It'll be world changing, no, but not life changing because they're not going to. Yeah, I agree with the guys as well, and but even more so, it'll be world changing, but not life changing or life meaning changing because they're not going to pick me to go talk to them. Like, well, it's not even about you talking to them personally. Just, because I just want to like, I still have to do the school run tomorrow morning. <laughs> as long as they're not making more feckin' traffic, like, <laughs> and making it hard for me to get to the shop or something, then yay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. fair plays them. I, I actually yeah. I agree I agree with with you all yeah it's what did you say Linda it, it would be life changing it would be world changing but not life changing it wouldn't yeah, change it would, the meaning of my life it wouldn't be life changing but or, yeah it I said it wouldn't be world changing but it would be world changing oh, Linda you had said the perfect soundbite and now we you forgot it right. <laughs> <laughs> we can pick it's it up. recorded fix it in post <laughs> Martin no, I mean, I'd be exactly the same as Aiden. It's like, I kind of know that they're there, so it'd be no surprise. But I just wonder, because I'm thinking if I was, like, Mark, super religious. <laughs> yeah, but if, if I was, like, super... Like, I'm just wondering, would aliens show up affect the meaning of life for really religious people who are like, you know, God made the world, God made humans in his own image. Wait a minute, what the hell is that? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know. But then, that's them, not me. I don't know. Yeah, especially if they came out of the spaceship going, you guys are worshipping the wrong God. This is the one you should be worshipping. And it turns out they were missionaries, and now they're going. <laughs> Question versus all. If it wasn't an alien, but it was a parallel you, <gasps> would that change things? Hmm. That is a good question. As in, it was actually me. So if you came, the, it was a I different reality of you. And I saw me getting off the spaceship. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it, I was in the wrong bloody universe all along. <laughs> and you're the neurosurgeon on that? Neurosurgeon. <laughs> 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 Dimension travel. <laughs> oh man, funny enough, funny enough is like my first thought would be, could I go and give him the other me a back rub exactly the way that I know that he'd enjoy it? <laughs> I like you to really just give, you could just put his first back rub and go further. Because <laughs> that could go down a, a very not just a back rub. <laughs> a platonic back rub. Ain't no such thing as a platonic back rub. <laughs> Ooh, would you rub my feet? <laughs> that was a quote from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a good question, Amy. Um, yeah, that wouldn't change my... Um, Unless view. he's helping with the feckin' school run. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to change my life. He's like, I'll take your one kid if you take my seven. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, nah. <laughs> I just look at it as, oh, another, no, I've doubled my student loan. <laughs> um, that's, I think that's, I don't know if we've actually... That's a good note. That's a good note right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we've solved anything or... I, I, um, hey, wait, are we supposed to be solving shit? No, no. We didn't no, no, call no. Jesus. We're not because it's all pointless. I thought suddenly we were supposed to be solving stuff. No, yep. no, no. We're yep. just talking shit. We're, do, you know, we're telling people things they didn't ask for and they didn't need to know. Yeah, well, Life yeah, is yeah. worthless. Everyone is worthless. We're all going to it's all meaningless. This has been Smith's newest spoken word album. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it, guys. Thank you very much. Um, we have one more thing from Linda. I'm just checking to see if you know what you're doing in the next episode. Oh, well, we no, didn't really think about that. Uh, no, we don't. No, no. That's going to be a surprise. Yep, that's a surprise. Big ups to Rick Astley. <laughs> Your wife was. Dissonant. Sarah Silverman, whose name has been cleared. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's it. Um, Thanks a million for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. And please comment and like and uh, spread the word. And 
that's it thank you very much Linda thank you very much Aiden. I hope you enjoyed thanks being for on the show me. yeah excellent uh, Mart and Barry did you have a good time good time yeah always Bye. okay that's it from myself Donald as well till next time till, till next, next time, time. and hey, boom